Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty Spotlight Interviews. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. Each week, these interviews provide you with the insights from a different perspective of Business Fight Poverty Network, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are working on some of the world's biggest social challenges. Today, I am joined by Andrew Means. He's a serial social entrepreneur, leading organisations that use data and technology to create impact. He is currently the Senior Director of Global Impact Data Strategy for Salesforce.org. He is also co-founder of social sector data infrastructure firm BrightHive and founder of professional development organization Data Analysts for Social Good. He joins us today from his university town of Chicago, where he arguably geeked out on data science and public policy. So Andrew, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Oh, pleasure. Lots of people might have heard of Salesforce, but who are you? What's the business that you're working for? But also, what's Salesforce.org? Absolutely. So Salesforce is the world's largest CRM platform. We power all kinds of apps that connect businesses and organizations to those that they, their customers, their employees, that they serve, that they work with. And Salesforce.org is like the social enterprise impact business unit within Salesforce. So Salesforce.org, we work with nonprofits and education institutions and CSR offices and philanthropies, um, helping them leverage the power of Salesforce's technology and people and resources and power those towards impact. So we are the social impact business unit of Salesforce. And we're talking during the first few weeks and months of the coronavirus pandemic. And I think it's sort of on everybody's mind at the moment, how businesses and others and everybody are kind of responding to this. Just out of interest, I mean, what does this mean for, for you and for Salesforce? First and foremost, I, I think we're all experiencing a new way of working and of being and of interacting with one another. The vast majority of Salesforce's offices are closed and we're all working from home. But we're also, I mean, really trying to show up for our customers in new ways. Mark Benioff, our CEO, has always said that business can be the most powerful platform for social change. And he's really living those values right now. Um, We're working with health systems and hospitals uh, to use the health cloud solutions that we've developed. And we've been making freely available to nonprofits and to any of Salesforce's customers, collaboration tools like Quip. And we've already committed financial resources towards the CDC's testing efforts. Um, towards you know the San Francisco small business community um, and others, and so we're encouraging all of our our employees, all of our workforce, to first and foremost, I mean, take care of themselves and their families and the communities uh, in which they live, and then also to show up with empathy for those that we work with. We recognize that this is a disruptive time um, for us all, and we are lucky enough to be in a position to help and to support uh, the organizations that we care about, and so we're encouraging all of our employees to show up. And we as a company are, are doing that. And, and we as Salesforce.org are really working with all of our nonprofit and education and philanthropic customers to help them navigate through this, this kind of time that we find ourselves in, where there's great need for the organizations that we work with to show up and, and meet the needs of um, people in this crisis. 
uh, and yet are, are quite frankly facing some constrained resources. And so, you know, given that we do fundraising solutions and program management solutions and others, we're we're trying to you know do everything that we can to put the right technology and the right data in the hands of the right people at the right time, so that they, we can you know navigate this crisis as effectively as as we possibly can. Oh, thanks for sharing. It's really interesting to see how different businesses are responding. And um, for those listening to this podcast during this crisis, feel free to check out businessfightspoverty.org because we are also running um, a coalition of businesses and NGOs and other sort of networks to all support one another and help really the most vulnerable people who will be affected by this crisis. You can sign up at any time. I'll put the note, uh, the link in the notes. Andrew, we wanted to talk today as much about the work that you've been doing to measure social impact. You've been focusing on this for some time, arguably dedicated your entire career to this space and specifically for Salesforce.org recently. What does social impact measurement mean to you and to Salesforce.org? What social impact measurement means to me is it's, it's really the collection of skills and methodologies, information that we use to understand is something that we're doing, a program that we're operating, an organization that we're running, whatever it might be, creating some kind of change in the world. Right? Like for, for many, especially social sector organizations, let's start there and then we'll look at business. But for many social sector organizations, they exist because there is something about the world as it is today that we want to see change for tomorrow. Or there's something about the world as it is today that we want to preserve for tomorrow, right? But there's the sense that we live in a dynamic, an ever-changing environment, and we want to nudge the world in a particular direction. Impact measurement is about saying, how effectively are we doing that? Are we protecting and preserving the things that we want to protect and preserve? Are we actually creating the change that we want to create? Now, when it comes to the business environment, as we start thinking about the role of businesses in impact measurement, what we're, what we're realizing is that every organization has an impact, right? Like, because your organization or your company exists, there's, the world is a different place than if it did not exist. And so impact measurement is really trying to answer the question of in what ways and how is the world different because your company or organization exists? And now from impact measurement, we can really start to think about what we like to call impact management, which is saying, all right, if there's something about the world that you want to change, or if there's some way that in which your business is operating that is having intended or unintended consequences in the world, how can you manage those? Uh, how can you change the way that you're doing business, change the way that you're operating in such a way that you're optimizing the kind of impact that you want to have in the world? How can you control the kind of impact that you're having in the world? But impact measurement at the heart of it is about saying, how is the world different because of the program that you ran or the organization that you're leading? And why is social impact measurement and data a topic businesses and other organizations should be caring about? So increasingly, organizations of all kinds, businesses, nonprofits, philanthropies, government, are, are being asked to be held accountable for the impact that they're creating in the world. Businesses waking up to the fact that shareholders aren't their only stakeholders and that they need to, to find ways to meet the needs of all of their stakeholders in the communities in which they work. That our world is moving towards one in which businesses aren't going to be held accountable solely for the financial returns that they give to their owners and their shareholders, but, but for the, the entire effect that they're having on their communities and their stakeholders at large. And so what impact measurement is doing is it's saying, how can we 
understand those impacts? How can we understand the ways that we're changing the world? How can we understand the positive and negative intended and unintended uh, impacts that we're having? And so this matters to business because they're going to be asked to be held responsible for these things, or they're going to be, excuse me, their stakeholders are going to be, are going to be asking them to hold themselves responsible for these impacts. And so the only way to hold yourself responsible for something, the only way to change something is to measure it, right? You, you can only manage what you can measure, as Peter Drucker roughly said, right? And so the idea that uh, data is increasingly important is because data is what gives you the power to really manage the impact that you're having um, and really understand and measure uh, the impact that you're having. And where do you see this sector going? I mean, it's fast moving. There's lots of developments. Lots of people are saying they haven't necessarily cracked it yet. I mean, how do you see this evolving over the next perhaps decade? Over the next decade, I think what we will see is an increasing adoption of standardization, like data standards across the sector, um, such that we can have more interoperable data. One of the big challenges of impact measurement today, uh, and let's look at the nonprofit sector that's been doing this for a much longer time, is that we have thousands and thousands and thousands of these like evaluation reports, right? That go out and they try and measure the impact of a particular program over an organization. We have thousands and thousands of these. And yet I think an argument could, could be pretty easily made that these reports aren't actually leading to any real scalable and sustainable change, right? The world isn't that much better off because we've written thousands and thousands and thousands of these reports. And the, the challenge is that it's not because these reports are bad or that evidence doesn't matter. Evidence matters a lot. Evidence matters so much in helping us understand what's working and what's not so that we can do more of what's working and less of what's not working. Um, but the problem is, is that because of how we've gone about this practice of impact measurement, where we look at it in siloed, isolated ways, I look at the impact of this program, or I look at the impact of this organization, it makes it really hard to compare across organizations. It's hard to know if I care about helping, you know, I live in the city of Chicago. If I care about helping kids in lower income neighborhoods in the city of Chicago graduate high school, there are dozens of organizations that are working towards that impact. But I don't know which of them is maybe most effective. I don't know which of them um, I should direct my resources towards to increase the number of students that are graduating from high school. And this isn't even because they, they don't all, you know, haven't necessarily all done some kind of impact measurement exercise is that we don't have the data standards to be able to do that kind of comparability across organizations. So I think comparability data standards is going to be one of the movements um, that we're, we're beginning to see really scale and come to scale. I do think the second one is I think business is going to show up in an entirely new way. We've, I think we've relegated social impact to the nonprofits of the world, to the philanthropies of the world. And, and to some extent, we've said, you know, business exists to make money, and then if they want to do something good in the world, they'll give it away to highly effective nonprofit organizations. But I think what we're going to be seeing is that, yes, that's an important thing, right? Nonprofits have a hugely important role to play in our society, and yet business itself can think about the impact that it's having more directly. Um, businesses have impact. Every organization has an impact. And the question is, what is it? Uh, and the question is, are you going to manage it? And I think what we're going to see is business increasingly saying, all right, we can make changes to the ways that we do our business that can maybe minimize the harms that we're creating and maximize the benefits that we're generating for society. 
and that that is going to lead to additional stakeholder buy-in and even additional shareholder value potentially. We are seeing investors beginning to say that you know they are caring about the social impact of the companies that they they're investing in because they're beginning to see a correlation between the social impact of the company and their financial their long-term financial performance. Uh, and so I think we're going to see business entering the impact conversation in some entirely new ways where they're going to start measuring and managing the impact that they're having as a business of their business operation uh, in some entirely new ways. And then the third is that stakeholder pressure is really going to, I think, ramp up. We're starting to see this already where you know, consumers are changing their, their consumer habits to align more to their values. They care about companies that are aligned to their values. We're seeing this in a big way with employees. If you're in a market that has a, a highly skilled, highly valued employee base, um, this is a competitive, a competitive advantage. Companies that have a social, positive social footprint have a competitive advantage in, in hiring really highly skilled thought after employees over those that, that don't. And so I think we're beginning to see you know, the stakeholders creating some new pressure, business responding to that by you know, increasing the ways that they're measuring and managing their impact. And I think how we're going to get there is by creating better data standards, uh, sharing information more effectively so that we can actually benchmark the performance, the, the impact and social performance of not just nonprofits, but of business as well. Andrew, you've been focusing on social impact data, I mean, across a number of organizations and sectors for quite some time. What's really motivating this for you? So for me, my motivation is, I'm, I'm sick and tired of money being wasted, resources being wasted on ineffective solutions. And for me, I, I, you know, early on in my career working with nonprofits and social sector organizations, I, I was always in the work because there was something about the world that I wanted to see changed. And yet, whenever I asked for evidence of whether this, you know, a program was working, an organization was affected, they would pull out some anecdote or some story. They'd be like, well, let me tell you the story about Tommy. And Tommy was homeless, and now he came to after school basketball camp, and, and now he's off at Harvard Law School. Like, give us more money, right? Like, that was like the arc of evidence of impact. And I just found that really lacking, just not motivating. Um, I, I started reading about the amount of resources that we were putting into some of the biggest problems that our world was facing, and it felt like we should be making more progress than we actually were. And so that's what first kind of led me down this path was this desire to create actual change in the world. I, I came to data um, because I cared about impact. I'm not one of these people. Like there's, there's some great people out in the world that were data scientists or researchers. And then they realized that those skills would be applicable in the social change space. I was always really interested in social change. And I realized that like data and technology were great tools that we could use to better understand What's the change that we're actually creating in the world? And how do we do that more effectively and efficiently? Uh, I, I like to, to think of myself as like a cynical optimist. I believe that the world can be different. I believe that we can change the world in the ways that we care about. And I'm pretty cynical at how well we're doing that. I don't think we're doing that very well very often. And so I wanted to gain the set of skills to be able to, to do that work and to help organizations say, look, I know you care about you know, whatever problem it is that you care about, I want you to do that as effectively and efficiently as possible. I want you to achieve the mission that you care about as effectively and efficiently as possible, because that's important. We have a limited number of resources with which to address a large number of problems. 
And so I want to make sure that we're making progress towards these things as efficiently and effectively as we possibly can. How does someone get into the social impact data space? I mean, what would be your career advice who, to somebody listening to this who might be interested? I think the biggest thing, if you're interested in getting into the, the social impact data space, is to, one, understand the social impact space. Again, like I, I know a lot of really brilliant, smart data scientists or technologists that want to do good in the world, but have never felt what it feels like to work inside you know, a nonprofit or government agency or the CSR office of a company. There are real constraints um, that these organizations face and are under. And you need to feel that and understand that. You need to have empathy that, to the fact that you know, the sector works in certain ways because that makes sense for the current resources it has and the current constraints it's operating under. So that kind of sense of empathy, I think, is actually a really important thing to, to have, an important skill to have. To be able to say, like, sure, there, you know, in a thought experiment, there could be a better way of doing things. But until you understand why things are the way they are, it's actually really hard to change them. Um, so having that kind of empathy muscle and that empathy skill, I think, is really important. The second is to be really, really inquisitive. The people that I know that do this work, I think, really effectively and, and really uh, have a lot of influence in the space are people that are just have tons of curiosity uh, and are always asking the hard questions that are willing to say, like, I, I want to understand why this is the way that it is, or I want to, you know, keep poking and keep poking until I get to, to that kind of core truth, that core nugget um, that you're searching for. So that kind of inquisitiveness is important. And then there are just a set of, like, technical skills and methods that one should know, whether you're coming to this from, like, the statistical environment. So my background, I was trained as a quantitative researcher at the University of Chicago. That's where I did my graduate work. Um, and I came at, at this kind of from the quantitative, computational, social science side, and I learned more about machine learning and the data science and computer science side um, through some some postgraduate work that I did and, and my work in the workforce. Or you're coming at it from the computer science side, like you need to have some sort of kind of technical skills around the collection and interpretation and analysis of data. Um, data analysis is an area that you can do badly, <laughs> and bad data analysis can lead to harm. Bad data science can lead to harm. Um, and we see this again and again and again. And so I think that that sense of like, you have to have some of the technical skills is, is important in this space. And then the third thing I would say, you know, if the first is empathy, the second is technical skills. The third is really, you know, I think a strong sense of ethics. In today's environment, especially in the, the data science world and the, with the vast amounts of information that are available to so many of, of us and organizations, especially on the business side, as we're starting to use our business resources for social good, we're bumping up against some really big ethical challenges and ethical questions. And just because something is possible doesn't mean we need to do it. Um, and so we're seeing a real a movement in this community to create codes of ethics and practices around ethics uh, to ensure that we're not increasing the vulnerability of the most vulnerable. When you're working in the, the social change space, you are oftentimes working with very vulnerable populations. And we do need to take seriously the idea of are we increasing their vulnerability or not? And, and to, to what extent are we? And, and what are the trade-offs that we're dealing with? And in the social impact space, there's lots of trade-offs. When there's constrained resources and there's great need, there's lots of trade-offs. And, and, and so that's why I think kind of the ethical conversation is often an important one. So if you're interested in getting into this space, you know, lead with empathy, gain some technical skills, be willing to wrestle with the ethical questions. Uh, and then it's really about finding the right place within this, this ecosystem. 
you know, there's not just like one job for, for this kind of stuff. You have people that are much more on like the, the technology side that are building tools and applications that people are using to collect information or to analyze information. And there's analysts that are, you know, not maybe doing the same kind of machine learning or computer science kind of things, but are taking like, you know, business information and finding ways to tie that to, you know, business problems that are being faced, whether that's a business problem in a nonprofit or at your company, you know, they're more in that kind of like analyst kind of role. And then you have the very technical computer scientists and statisticians and, and machine learning folks and things like that. And so, you know, figure out where, what, what best matches to your, your skills and your passions and your interests and kind of follow that towards that space. Um, my final question today, can social impact really make a difference? If you were asking listeners to make one action or do something differently from the back of listening to this podcast, what might it be? My one ask of, of almost anyone in the social impact space is this. Be really rigorous and cynical about your own impact. It is easy to get caught up in our own stories and our own narratives. It's easy to cast ourselves in the role of heroes, saving victims and fighting villains. But just because you feel like a hero, just because someone tells you that you did a good job, just because you have changed a life doesn't mean you're doing this as effectively and efficiently as you possibly can. Like go out there, collect the evidence, collect the data, collect the information. And data, like really, I'm not even just talking about like quantitative numbers, right? Like I do like this word of evidence. Go out and collect the evidence of your impact. If you were to stand in front you know, of a judge tomorrow, what's the evidence that you would put out there that you are the most effective organization doing the, solving the problems that you care about or addressing the issues that you're passionate about? Well, what can I say? A massive thank you to the cynical optimist that is Andrew Means. Thank you so much for joining us today with the Business Fights Poverty Spotlight interview podcast. For those of you who have listened and um, want to find out more, please do follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and all the normal social media channels. And we are businessfightspoverty.org. Thank you. Take care. Bye. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. 